and welcome to the Voices of Reason podcast. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson over there speaking. And today we are joined by, well, I'm sorry, we're going to say we're going to have a candidate conversation with Representative Mia Love. She is running for re-election in Utah's 4th Congressional District. And thank you, Representative, for joining us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're going to have some fun. And uh, so we've been talking offline. She has a, a high bar to climb. Yeah, uh, to, according to Jason. Jason set the bar. Yeah, that, uh, was, uh, that was so f- I, I just I really... enjoy hearing just yeah. regular discussions. Because so often when we speak to uh, people in Congress, yeah. you know, you're talking about serious issues, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and totally understandable. But it's nice to just, you know, talk to the people, the, the, the men and the women behind yeah. those names and, and find out more about them. Well, and so hopefully that's what we get to do yeah. with you today. Yeah, so t- with that, let's hear a little bit about who is Mia Love. Uh, tell us about your background. Who is Mia Love? Uh, well, <laughs> let's see. The version my parents want you to tell. Or... <laughs> no, um, no. seriously, I think that um, most people, if they want to know about me, yeah, my parents have a lot to do with the person that I am. Um, they are uh, immigrants from Haiti. They immigrated mm-hmm. in the 70s under the Duvalier regime. Mm-hmm. Um, Papa Doc and Baby Doc. Doc, That's right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, my parents, my dad told this story of when he was a little kid. Um, He was about 14. He went to the movies. And when he walked out, he saw a bunch of people running in one direction. So he ran in that direction also. And um, when he looked back, he saw that there was a man in uniform, a blue uniform. And that person was known as the Totomakut. They were the president's thugs. Mm -hmm. They could do whatever they wanted to. No law applied to them. And if that man got a hold of any of the people that were running, they could do whatever. And, and, and no one could find you. You, you know, you, you may be missing. You, it, didn't, it didn't matter. So he ran into a pipe and hid in that pipe. And he said survival mode must have hit because when he opened his eyes, uh, it was daylight. Mm-hmm. And he didn't realize he had been there all night. He mm-hmm. crawled out and went to his mom. And he How said, old was he then? He was 14. He said, if you saw the look on my mother's face... Um, Gosh, he's like, I knew at that point that I never wanted to have children and have that same look. Um, she, at that time, if you didn't come home at night, there was a good chance you weren't coming home. So he knew at that point he was going to do everything he could not to raise children in that environment, that he was going to work hard and see how he was going to try and get to the United States. And, you know, hearing those stories of my parents, it really gave me an appreciation for being born in this country and understanding that the freedoms and, and the things that we, we really we take for granted sometimes mm-hmm. um sometimes or every sometimes, day probably <laughs> sometimes i mean uh, yeah. you know you've got you've got a lot of kids that have it rough out there you know mm-hmm. you've got a lot of families that have it rough but this is this is a you know an area where you know my parents taught me about the about why it's important to um you know preserve the life and the freedoms that we have here my dad and my mom actually said that when they became U.S. citizens, they had studied American history, they studied the Constitution, and mm-hmm. when they pledged their allegiance to the American flag for the very first time, they knew exactly what they were doing and they meant every word of it. Mm-hmm. They weren't just willing to take on the benefits of being a U.S. citizen, but the responsibilities. And so mm-hmm. they were like, you, you're going to do your part to, to preserve and make, this, and make this a great place for not just you, but for everybody around you. You have to use your gifts and talents for the betterment of society. So, so those are the a, things that stuck in my head. You were born in New York City, though, right? Yes, I was born in New York. So how long did you stay there? Oh, gosh. I... Pro, uh, well, we went to we moved to Connecticut fairly um, 
around five years old when okay. my mother and my father brought my sister and my brother from Haiti. So it, I was an only child for about five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so can you imagine the sacrifice of leaving your kids for five years in order mm -hmm. to work hard, gain your citizenship? And then um, you, you can imagine why, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about immigration, why it's, uh, it's incredibly personal to me. It's not just yeah. a policy issue, but to me, it's literally who we are as Americans. Cynthia yeah. and uh, was it uh, Jean-Marc? Am I close to that? Your brother? Oh, Cindy. Yeah, Cindy and Jean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, Jean. Okay. I'm Jean. sorry. I thought. But it's yeah. If you want to say it in French, it's Jean-Marc. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I. Uh, Do you speak oh, French? wow! You did. You did some homework. Did you speak French? We oui, je parle yeah. français. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I love it. <laughs> so, uh, so I have. Uh, I, I want to uh, full disclosure. I have friends. Uh, uh, when I was in college, one of my dearest friends was from. Her parents were from Haiti, as uh, yours were. And yeah. uh, we have two minutes. He says. So uh, and and. I got to learn a little bit about the culture. And at the time, so this was in the 80s, right? I'm a bit older than you. So I remember she said how nice it was. At the, and maybe back then it was a little better. Mm -hmm. She mentioned that, you know, when she, when she was younger, uh, so uh, she, she would have been 52 now, uh, that they had a Club Med there. It was, it was, it was a Yeah, Camp Morgan, place. I'm sure. They had some, some places that were But then that uh, were her dad, who uh, came here, he was, he was a physician. He was an anesthesiologist. And her mom was a pharmacist. They moved to Chicago. Mm -hmm. because of what you just described. I mean, yeah. they, they wanted to find a place where... And they brought their grandmother, who... Uh, Grandmere never spoke English. Hmm. And uh, she lived uh, in, in Illinois to, uh, you know, till she passed, and she was an older woman. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a tough place to be from, mm -hmm. but I, I've, they always had pride in being from there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would say the same thing with my parents. They, they, they don't forget where they're from, but I, I can tell you that they have taken on being fully Americans. Yeah. And... Um, and, and feel the responsibilities of, of that, those. So you're married with kids, though, too, right? I am. Yeah. So when did you, how old were you when you came to Utah? Oh, gosh. That's a whole other story. Um, it was in my 20s. It was right after college. Uh, met a young man who was a missionary, and I was trying to set him up with my roommate. <laughs> Somehow he and I got together, and we've been married for 19 years and now and three history, kids. Right? <laughs> and you have three kids? Three kids. How old are your kids? 18. Almost 16 and 11. Oh, wow. Two girls, one boy. So you're about to have uh, one out of high school, one go still in high school. One's out of high school now. She's at Utah State. Very nice. Yes, aerospace okay. engineering program. Wow. I have to mention that we're very we're very proud. We we tried to raise our girls, you know, being, you know, having STEM and and really yeah. wanting to get them out there to be engineers. And yeah. um, my daughter's still in high school, and my son, who's eleven, we're just trying to keep him alive until his brain is fully developed <laughs> at the age of twenty five. Sounds like a, a, a daredevil himself. Listen, yeah. we're going to continue our candidate conversation. We're speaking with Representative Mia Love, who is running for reelection in Utah's fourth congressional district. You are listening to the Voices of Reason podcast. Welcome back to the Voices of Reason podcast. I'm Amy Donaldson along with Jason Lee. We are having a candidate conversation with Representative Mia Love, the Republican representing the 4th District, my district. This is my congresswoman. Oh, today. I didn't know yes. that. Yes, I am awesome. a constituent. Great. Hopefully and I earned that vote today. <laughs> <laughs> my bar's not quite as high as Jason's, but I, uh, but I do have interests similar to yours yeah. uh, on the immigration front. But first, before we go to immigration, I would love to know... Uh, how you get from meeting your cute missionary and moving to Utah, and what 
in the world possessed you to want to run for office? Oh, gosh, this is certainly not something <laughs> I said I wanted to do when I grow up. You know, yeah. you just don't. Yeah. But, um, you know, I moved to Saratoga Springs. We had a really young family uh, married to Jason's. Jason's dad was in politics a little bit. Actually, the governor knows uh, my husband's uh, father, who <laughs> recently passed away, um, but was always really involved in politics. And I just kind of, you know, paid attention. But there was something that was going on in our community. And... Um, you know, the community just said, Mia, you know, you should you should help with this. And uh, shortly after that, we kind of we were in an area. It's called Loch Lomond. We were kind of on the outskirts, a little the little end of Saratoga Springs and really didn't feel like we got very much representation out there. No one really came out to visit us. So, you know, we had the neighborhood that said, why don't you go and run? So that way we have some representation out there. Ran. Um, no one knew who I was from, you know. So the, were you? Kind of, I mean, when they tell you to run, I mean, do you just say, oh, sure, I'll do that? No, 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 no. <laughs> it takes a lot of convincing. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe what, how much convincing it took for me to run for Congress, even after being on the city council and being uh, the okay. mayor. But this, is, this was a new city, and there were so many things that were happening nationally that I remember thinking in my head, maybe if I can preserve some of the things that we really like here by being part of the city um, and city government, then maybe that that will be, you know, I can do my part. And then there's also that voice in my head, you know, my dad saying, you're going to you're not going to be a burden to society. You use your gifts and your talents to give back. And so thank you, Dad, for getting me into this mess. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we got involved at Saratoga Springs. Saratoga Springs had a major downfall. The housing market crashed and mm. we had to fix all of that. And mainly um, I just ran the city like I ran a household. Asked myself if it, was, if it was affordable. Is it sustainable? Is it my job? It wasn't just about building roads, but can you maintain them for the na- for the next 40, 50 years? Mm-hmm. Um, bringing in economic development so that we didn't have to leave our city to go and um, mm-hmm. and do other things and made sure that our property tax only paid for police and fire. Mm-hmm. And that the way that I was going to grow the Saratoga Springs economy was through all of the economic development. Mm-hmm. And so the city is incredibly uh, successful and uh, uh, after that, of course, you know, we've got a lot of people said, well, if you could do that in Saratoga <laughs> Springs, maybe you should do that in Washington, you know, try yeah. and get that. Done that's there. that's mine. What? So how bad was the culture shock to go from a city where, especially as mayor, you have a lot well, of say to Congress? Well, it's definitely culture shock. Um, one of the things that uh, being involved in city government for 10 years is uh, the favorite part is not there are, there are no sides there there's no republican or democrat mm-hmm. you know when somebody needs a pothole fix they don't care what side of the road it's on you know they <laughs> there's an, that has there hasn't been one issue in dealing with issues in Saratoga Springs that's been a republican or a democrat issue it's been a city issue this is why i believe in city government so much if i can push the de- the decision making as close to the cities as possible then people have a bigger voice and i think that those solutions are more effective um so, you know, what I what I did was I when I ran for Congress, I, I ran with the thought that I was going to do everything I can to give as many cities and communities the say of what goes on in their areas. And I was going to try and do everything I can to make sure that all of the decisions weren't made in Washington, that we were able to push those decision making down uh, as close to the local level as possible. So were you do you think we asked Rob the same question, mm-hmm. Rob Bishop, um, do you think Congress is effective or is it like what we see from our little... Well, it's a lot more difficult to be effective. You've got your pretty 435 members of the House, 100 mm-hmm. members of Congress. Um, the issues are huge. 
lot of times comprehensive, um, which is one of the reasons why I push for one subject at a time, which Mm -hmm. if you can deal with each subject on its own, then there's more transparency and you don't Mm -hmm. have these must pass bills at the last minute going in where, you know, the big difficulty with some of these bills is that you're voting for something that you promised you wouldn't vote for because it's attached to something that you promised you would always vote for, which is, you know, the way that these are the fundamental changes that we need to have made in Washington. But we did pass um, tax reform after 30 years. That was a huge um, effort. I have to tell you that the issue that is probably um, the most important to me besides the debt is really dealing with the immigration issue. Um, we immigration is something that I think helps our economy. Um, I, I, I hate to think that in the United States today um, that we have two types of Americans, those that have citizenship and those who no matter how hard they try, how hard they work, how much they give and contribute to our society can never seek citizenship. To me, um, it, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for um, the ability for my parents to be able to come. And I'm a I'm the first black female Republican in Congress because of a policy that allowed, you know, pe- people to come in, work hard and 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 have children that contribute to society, use their talents for society. I know this is going to go on until yeah. the next segment, but I, I, I with about I, a minute, <laughs> I want to throw something into. So from what you just described, it seems to be a bit antithetical to what the party the, the, uh, the Republican Party seems to, uh, at least from what I can uh, gather from nationally, uh, from the national perspective, because finding citizenship for those people who may be undocumented or, you know, somehow in this crazy economy, we've driven uh, to, to kind of use them but not give them a full say in their uh, in their ability to be here. Mm. How do you how do you reconcile those things? Well, there are a lot of actually there are a lot of Republicans that really want to that have helped and joined with this fight. Remember, I started I, I went against my party leadership and signed the discharge petition. I was the only Utah that signed the discharge petition. I, I you know I, I I really wished our delegation would have but joined see, with so me it, on this. That, that's but but describe what the discharge about. but but petition but is. it's yeah. but the problem is I, I get the yeah. discharge petition. I signed that because we weren't getting a vo- vote on the House floor and. I I found it very difficult um, and actually appalling and inappropriate for leadership to say, we're not going to give you a vote. That's that's absolutely inappropriate. If you do not have if we do not debate bills on the floor, then the people I represent do not have a voice in the House. So at least debate the darn bills so that mm-hmm. way we can vote them up or down. And then you can hold your member of Congress responsible for how they vote. So we signed the discharge petition so that we can get some votes on the floor. To me, that's a constitutional um, uh, right that we have to be able to debate bills and vote for bills on the floor and not have a leadership stop that from happening. We're going to continue this great discussion with Representative Mia Love, who is running for re-election in Utah's 4th Congressional District. You're listening to the Voices of Reason podcast. And welcome back to the Voices of Reason podcast. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. And today we're having a candidate conversation with Representative Mia Love, a Republican from Utah's 4th Congressional District. She is running for re-election mm-hmm. uh, coming in November. And uh, she was kind of explaining to us uh, part of what is happening in Congress. And uh, certainly with your one of your uh, priority issues being immigration, yeah. mm-hmm. you were mentioning to us that um, there is more cooperation 
that goes on behind the scenes than, than we may be led to believe. And, in fact, there are people on the Democrat side that do support your efforts, particularly as it relates to immigration. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talked about the difficulties. And one of the things that, you know, in terms of just wanted to finish off with the immigration issues, look, there are things there's so many false choices out there um, and, and it doesn't and and. and it's some. They like to tell you that it's one thing or the other. Yeah. We can have border security. We should have border security. There are terrorists out there that want to kill us, yeah. right? There, there are drugs and human and sex trafficking, which is a big mm-hmm. issue that we've been working on, that I've been working on in financial services. Um, but we can have all of that. We can have a good immigration policy that's enforced along with border security. And it just takes people rolling up their sleeves, getting away from the po- politics of it all, and working to to get to get those policies that are good for America done. It's one of the reasons why I've joined um, and been a member of the Congressional Black Caucus. I'm the only Republican that's in the Congressional Black Caucus. And I have to tell you that they have not come out against me. As a matter of fact, they refused. They said, we're not going to help the political parties take out um, a member of Congress, especially because I'm the only voice that they have on the Republican side. Yeah, I help them um, with some of the issues in tax reform, like... uh, the child tax credit, that was one of the issues that they're like, go fight for that. Mortgage deductions, they're like, go fight for that. But I have been an effective member of Congress because of the relationships I've built on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. I am, it's, it's difficult to even think um, to pass a bill in, in today's Congress, but I have passed this year alone five bills mm-hmm. in, in, in concert with, with a lot of these, with a lot of the, um, people on the other side of the aisle. Um, we've passed bills like stopping uh, taxpayer obligation to sexual harassment. I don't know if you remember this, but I was, when there was so happy and so grateful. There for was that. this fund out there that would actually pay for settlements secretly, for members of Congress. Let's say secretly. I thought yeah. I was going to die. I was like, no way, not on my watch. <laughs> so, of course, we changed that. Um, we I passed a bill that actually helps with fires down in Juab County. Mm-hmm. Fortuitously, it couldn't have come um, at, any, any, yeah, at a more important time. We've passed bills that have given people more access to credit. When I'm looking at the most vulnerable among us yeah middle to lower income families we're realizing that their access to when we're realizing that their access to credit was Mm -hmm. you know diminishing um we've passed uh bills that help with tax reform we help our seniors out we have um passed a bill that stopped uh, the Treasury from working with cities that are or sanc- um, sanction- that have um, sanctions placed on them. So terrorist uh, groups like um, areas in Iran and Syria and uh, North Korea. I mean, those are I, I am all over the place when something needs to be done. I don't care if it's in my committee or if I have to jump out of my committee. I go and I get those things done. So how difficult is it to to do that? With the, if if you say it's mostly like superficial, right? It's mostly media coverage of conflict and and what people are sort of focused on versus what's actually happening. But how difficult is it to sort of maintain and and I, I noticed Jeff Flake and and Senator yeah. Coons with that relationship. How hard is it to have substantial relationships across the aisle and and to to maintain them in this environment? Well, I can tell you the relationships that I have across the aisle, um, especially when it when it's the Congressional Black Caucus and members that are there, I, I have to tell you they work with me on things that they that we see eye to eye on. When you build that relationship, you start to focus on the things that you 
that you agree. And there's so much that we can work on that we mm-hmm. agree. Criminal justice reform we've worked on with the Congressional Black Caucus, veteran issues. I'm a big advocate for our veterans out there, and they are on our veteran bills. Um, at poverty issues that actually get people out of poverty. We understand if you open up your mind and open up to yourself to different experiences, I, I've realized with work that I've done with the Congressional Black Caucus that there's a difference between situational poverty, um, intergenerational poverty, you know, mm-hmm. and and yeah. and some of the different and and one fix doesn't work for all of it and and you know um bringing in my ideas of look it's not enough for us to have policies that keep people in poverty we're successful by not by how many people we can get into programs but how many people we can get out of these programs yeah. and so those are the types of things that um i think you know that that we really need to work on i think that's american democracy at its best when people come into a room and they talk about what they're for and work on what they're for but today I'm seeing a lot of things that really hurt my soul. We're not talking about policy issues anymore, debating ideas or debating thoughts. I, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of like, um, you know, character assassinations. Um, there's a lot of this, of this, uh, you know, win at all costs. And that to me is, is really not the direction we should be going in. So you mentioned that. How difficult, how much do you lay at the president's feet and how much do you lay at the system and then the president just played the game? Well, I can tell you right now that I'm not elected to be a a rubber stamp for anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I am the branch of government that's closest to people is the House of Representatives. I represent my people. I, um, I don't ask permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, his job, the president's job, is to sign the laws that we enact in Congress. And if we stop consolidating all of the um, our our abilities and all of our, um, our our power to the White House, then people would have a little bit more trust in the congressional um, the process mm-hmm. that we're supposed to have and the branches of government. We have to make sure that we are legislating in the House side, and the president's job is just to sign those bills into law and execute the laws that we that that have been signed in. But you can see how that, at least in uh, superficially, as we see it from the outside, it doesn't seem to be operating in that way. Well, you know, the other thing I, I always tell people, it's the time for us to look to Washington has come and gone. We can't look to anybody as our role models. I tell my kids, look at my Twitter feed. Look at, you know, history mm-hmm. will talk about how you behave. Do not ever let anyone tell you to behave away because somebody else made you do it. You are your own person. You use your gifts and talents for good, and you make sure that you're respectful of everyone and their thoughts and their ideas. You're not going to agree with everyone. Heaven knows. That's my husband. He doesn't. <laughs> We don't, he doesn't yeah. agree with me all the time, yet we make it work. You know, we're, we're a great um, yeah, but you family. you love each other. Yeah. And we, we do. We do. But you know what? I also, I respect the, I, I respect the office of the mm-hmm. presidency. I respect the office that I have. I don't, um, it, it is important that we make sure that um, we do everything we can to do the work of the people, not just you know, behave in a way that I think is indicative of the American spirit. So I'm one that will call, and you know this, I will call the president out when he does something mm-hmm. horrible or says something, yeah. you know, about women or Haiti or well, you name it. I've done it, right? Yeah. And also I'm, I'm one that will work with the president, especially um, when bringing Joshua home. I, the State Department was really helpful, and um, they were able to help me bring Joshua Holt home from being in prison for two years. That was a miracle. We're going to continue with our candidate conversation with Representative Mia Love running for re-election in Utah's 4th Congressional District. This is the Voices of Reason podcast.
Welcome back to the Voices of Reason podcast. I am Amy Donaldson along with Jason Lee, and we are having a candidate conversation with my representative, Mia Love, from the 4th Congressional District. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to jump quickly. Just solve this problem in one minute or less. Uh, <laughs> solve this one minute or less. Go ahead. Uh, no, but I'm just curious, Healthcare. Is there anything that you see in the next few months that um, – any proposal you like, any any aspect of the yeah. problem that you see yeah. us addressing? Well, look, healthcare has been a major issue. You have, you know, uh, premiums that have ballooned over 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, people are either getting kicked off their insurance or they, they can see. It, it's a big issue. I mean, when when it, when it the the ACA passed, the Affordable Care Act passed, it, it was about 40, it affected 40% of the economy. And there are some things, I, I think that this is one of those that you really need to take your time and fix issue by issue Mm-hmm. Um, as much line by line as possible um, so that people can, first of all, make sure that they understand what's in the bills before they pass the bills. That's really important. Mm-hmm. And um, But the whole issue with health care is one, you know, my brother was diagnosed with uh, stage 3C colon cancer. Um, we there, there are things that you can do to help with pre-existing conditions. For instance, there's a pool that it's a risk pool where it's subs- where when the costs are high, it kicks in and it balances the cost. So that way, uh, someone who has a pre-existing condition doesn't have to get different ty- different type of insurance. They don't even know they're on a different type of insurance. It kind of evens it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things that we can fix. You okay. know, being able to get insurance across state lines is a big issue. So we should have hope. That, we should. That some there's of hope. Would, okay. There is hope. And I'm telling you right now, yeah. it's something that's incredibly important. We have, there's so many things that we need to do. Obviously, the debt is a big issue, $21 yeah. trillion dollars, um, and, and going. You know, this is not, Washington doesn't have a... Um, a, a revenue problem. Even after tax reform, we're still the the government is bringing in twenty two billion dollars additional. So we really have to look at. Um, we have a, sp- a spending problem. We have a major state. spending problem yeah. in this country, and um, you know if we can, <laughs> they have an unlimited credit they card, do. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they they don't have to pay it back. They just take it, and yeah. that's not that's not okay. I want to be able to give as many people as much of their funds back so that they can take care of their families and create jobs so that we can grow the economy. That's We're not going to grow ourselves out of this. Let's just make sure that we know that. That's part of it. That's only one side of it. The other side is making sure that Washington lives within its means like we do in our cities, like right, we do yeah. in our homes. Yeah. Um, that's that's important. But again, uh, don't, have, don't lose hope. I mean, think mm-hmm. about this. Five bills that I've passed this year Let's put that into perspective. Bernie Sanders, who's this, you know, major figurehead, was in the House for 16 years and passed one bill, and that was to name a post office. Just mm-hmm. just think about all of the collaborative effort was able to help Utah pass five bills that were actually meaningful and substantive. So don't lose hope because I work my butt off, not just <laughs> not just for you, but yeah. for for our kids who don't have a voice who are the ones that are going to have to deal with this, right? They don't, they can't get out, they can't vote, but you know, we have to be able to do everything we can to make sure that they have some sort of future so that they could, you know, um, have opportunities and be contributing members of society. Do you have something in your life um, that you feel that you've overcome? Maybe it was the toughest thing for you to deal with or a challenge that had a particular impact or transformative impact on you? Oh gosh. Um, you know, one issue that I that I 
I remember this woman that I visited in Baltimore who's a single mom living in uh, the projects. And it was, we, I went and I sat down with her. I said, do you have a moment to sit down? And I said, look, I know you don't want to be here, but why, why, tell me in your words why you think you're here. And she told me the story of her, you know, taking care of her daughter and buying her really cute pink coat just to make her feel good because she couldn't do very much for her. And she said, that little girl has to hop over people that are like laying um, in the on the on the ground, hop into an elevator filled with like urine, going down, avoiding thugs, going into a school where she has to avoid, uh, you know, she has to go through metal detectors, being taught by a teacher that is overworked, overtired, and is just giving up. And she has to tell her daughter this story of a better life so that her daughter doesn't under, doesn't feel like this is the only thing they've got. She has to create a world for her daughter. And every night she'll tell her daughter about these stories so that mm-hmm. just get an education. You can get out of here. There's a world out here that's for you. And she says, you know what I don't want? She's like, sometimes and many times government will give you exactly what you need and it keeps you exactly where you are to go no further. And she's like, you know, I would really like to be in a place where I can actually grow out of this, where I'm not going to be penalized if I take a manager's job, or I'm not going to be penalized. I want to be able to get to a point where I can actually buy a coat, but live in a neighborhood where my daughter doesn't have to hop over people or try and get to, um, you know, avoid the people that want to take advantage of her. And that hurt, that really um, struck a chord with me because we, we can do better. We can do better. It's not just throwing money at something, like I said. It's about really making a difference for people so that they could live the life and get the opportunities, bringing people from the lowest common denominator up and beyond Mm -hmm. um, if they want. And so that those issues are incredibly important to me. And um, I'm going to I'm going to continue to do everything I can to keep the promises I made to people here. Mm-hmm. You know, protecting our senior citizens, doing everything I can to make sure I help our veterans, help with immigration, do everything I can to actually move the needle. Um, and and I, you know, at least at that at this point, um, you know, know that people people can trust me. I've been incredibly honest with them about everywhere, everything I've done and in, in, in the places that I stand. And and I'm OK with that. I guess I don't have to ask her the last question because she kind of just did that. Yeah, well, well but, uh, but I would like to know. So do you have a favorite movie or favorite book? Oh, gosh, favorite movie. You know, actually, the last movie I just watched, I was telling okay. you about this, and I think you watched it too, was oh, um, the, 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 the Fire Only the Fighter Brave. Only the Brave. And yeah, it was yeah. about the hot shots who, from the Yarnell uh, Mountain <laughs> that fought the, <laughs> they were the, they were the first <laughs> municipal hotshot group because yeah. they knew, this is, this is a group that knew their mountains better than anybody else and was tired yeah. of taking directions from, you know, the federal government. And they went in and they got their certification, and these guys did so much and they put their lives sacrificed their lives for a city and saved a city saved a city ended up, ended 19 up dying. of yeah. them sacrificed it. one member of the team survived and mm-hmm. um and really he, they saved his life he was addicted yeah, he to was drugs hurt. yeah um mm-hmm. true story and i'm telling you man those it gives you perspective you know of what people are willing to do and 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 there are a lot of heroes out there when people ask me about who my heroes are I think about, you know, the women that I met fighting breast cancer um, mm-hmm. yesterday. I think about those hot shots that are out there. They All they ask is, you know, just give me, give me a meal. Let me, let me do my job. And, and, you know, those are the unsung heroes. 
That's good for me. Yeah, and I meant uh, you mentioned veterans. One of my favorite issues. I said the best way to get me to do a story is talk about veterans. But uh-huh. I'm a member of Team Red, White, and Blue. Oh, good. And uh, you're always invited to come. We uh, walk every Saturday morning, Wednesday evening in West Jordan, and you're always welcome. She even got oh, me to awesome. do it once. Yeah. Did she? Uh, I did. Yeah. Well, and great. I, I I'd love to do that. We carry we'll the flag. We'll get the information, we'll and yeah. we'll go out yeah. and we'll do that. But... Just had to put a plug in for well, the for the you. veterans. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Well, listen, I want to say thank you to Representative Mia Love for joining us today. She is running for re-election in Utah's 4th Congressional District, and it was a pleasure having you on our show today. Thank you so much. So join us again for the next episode of the Voices of Reason podcast. If you have any comments about our show, please contact us via email at vormed at gmail or at vorjasonl at gmail. Or you can find us on Twitter at adonsports and at jasonlee1. Our show's Twitter handle is at VORpodcast, and you can check out our Facebook page and where you can find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or other places where you find interesting podcasts. Also, be sure to review our show as well. We'd love to get your feedback, and it helps us grow our audience. Until next time, I'm Jason Lee, along with my colleague Amy Donaldson. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil. Try to be the voice of reason. <laughs>